Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. so excited to be worshiping together with you as we enter into this Christmas season. So if you would stand with us, whether you're here in person or if you're joining us online, we are going to celebrate our God who came to earth as a baby so that we could know God. And so we encourage you to lift up your hands and just to sing praises to our God.
amazing about the Christmas season is not only that God came to earth as a baby to be with us, but he invited us to the story. And this song tells the story of God coming to earth, but also inviting us into his beautiful picture of redemption. So as we continue in worship, lift up our good God today.
Father, we purposely make space for you today. God, we align our perspectives with yours this morning, for it was the word who became flesh, the one who left heaven to redeem earth. So God, we make room for you. Father, we make space for you this Christmas.
Real Life Church. Let's give it up big for God this morning. I don't know about you, but how exciting is it just to reflect on the fact that we will praise his name forever. We get to sing these songs for the rest of our lives. Isn't that cool? I think it's kind of neat. That's pretty neat. All right, man, we are just pumped to worship with you this morning. So glad to see you as we continue Christmas at Real Life Church. Who's excited for the holiday season? Man, get festive up in here, man. Hey, it is awesome, though, to see you. And you know who else it's awesome to see? I bet you know by now. It's Real Life Church Online. Let's give it up big for them this morning. Real Life Church, whenever you're interacting with us this week, we're just honored to have you. And so I'm going to ask you, Real Life Church Online, throw down in those comments your favorite Christmas movie this week. And there's, there's really no wrong answer, but there is a right answer. Jingle all the way. Who loves Jingle all the way? Come on. I know James in here. I know he's going to say yes to that. When you get Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sinbad, and Christmas in like the late 90s, is there anything more you need? I can't, I can't think of anything more besides that Turbo Man action figure. Come on. But hey, write down that Christmas movie. We'll interact with y'all later. That's going to be so cool. Hey, everybody in the room, will you find someone around you? Just give them a big smile, a wave, a Merry Christmas, and go ahead and have a seat. Go ahead and have a seat. All right. If you're brand new with us this week here at Real Life Church, let me say welcome to you. You are our honored and special guest. If you're brand new with us at Real Life Church Online, same exact thing. We're just pumped to have you here. If you're online, I want you to click the link that you'll be seeing. But if you're brand new in the room, I want you to get your phone out and text RL New to 97,000. And when you do that, a member of our connection team will reach out to you this week and just check in on you, see how the holiday season's going for you, how your Sunday morning went, answer any questions you might have about Real Life Church, and maybe most importantly of all, see how we could be praying for you and your family this week. So we'd love to hear from you, and please don't leave here today if you've never done this before without stopping by our New Here booth. Right out there in the middle of the hub, we have a small gift for you. Just our way of saying, again, thank you for being here with us today at Real Life Church. So Real Life Church, you know, we're a church on a mission. That mission is to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. I don't know about you, but what better time of the year than now to just find that real life and purpose in Him? What better time of year than now to be inviting out those people that are close to you, but far from God, to some Christmas gatherings here at Real Life Church. Obviously, we've got them on Sundays, but just looking ahead, you know, the 23rd at six, the 24th at four, great times to invite those neighbors, friends, family members, again, close to you, but far from God, man. It's, it's gonna be a really powerful season at Real Life, and, and we would just love to just pack this place out with people who need Jesus. So I hope you'll be praying on that and, and that God will just bring some names to our minds during this season of who we can be bringing out. Awesome. So Christmas season's great. I love it. Can't say enough good things about it, but there's also kind of a flip side, right? Things get busy. We get weighted down. There's stress, worry, doubt, those pesky finances. There's just never enough, right? There's that guilt. Did I get enough for my kids, my spouse, my family? But you know what? When we get weighted down like that, it kind of feels like we're, we're going nowhere in a hurry. 
I'm going to invite you, though, to do something different today. Get your phone out. Get your version app open. I'm going to invite you to lean in, follow along in the notes, as Sean's going to help us shake off all that worry, stress, and doubt, and lean in for another nostalgic Christmas. Guys, from Atlantic to Pacific, gee, his preaching is terrific. Sean Petrie, everyone, make him feel welcome. Unreal. I love you, Drew. And that cardigan, man, that's the keeper right there, man. I love it. Cotton head and knee buggins or whatever it is. Muggins. Unreal. He loves, that's the best movie, Elf. So I got three words for you today. Three words right here. Demo day complete. Come on, somebody. It was incredible. Uh, Man, we got the real life. Oh, I have a sticker on me. Not for sale. (laughs) Yes, not for sale. Taken. Oh, man. Yeah. So anyway, not, we got it all knocked out yesterday, and uh, the team that came out, I want to say thanks so much for you guys who have given towards this project and came out and served. And so uh, I'm telling you, knock down walls. You guys, I mean, I thought it would take two days to do this. You guys did it in like 30 minutes. It was incredible. Actually, take longer than that, but it was incredible. So I got some pictures. Here's our demo day team. This is the, the 9 o'clock crew. Uh, man, see they're so happy and they're not bloody yet. Just wait. I'm just kidding. This, here's our 1 o'clock crew here. It's here. There we go. Look at that. It, the, yeah, they're a little more rowdy crew, except for Brian. He's happy. Um, but yeah, check this out. Look at this, look what they got to do today or yesterday. So we got them on lift, tearing down walls. There was uh, probably about 65 feet of wall. These guys knocked out. Nobody got hurt too bad. Um, check this out on the right. So here we go. Victor, he's standing like crazy. I was gone for a little bit, came back. This guy's knocking out stuff. Cheering for Victor. There you go. I love that. I came in, I'm like, who's over there? I was like, oh, it's Victor. I mean, he's hiding in the corner. So uh, check out that, this. They're uh, tearing down some more walls. Dude, Julie, I'll tell you what, a hard worker, man, going crazy. I think that's Chris Burns out there, um, ripping flooring, all sorts of stuff. And check this out. Here we go. Here's Christian. He was up on a lift all day. It was like, nice. not nice. Yeah, it was like 90 million degrees on the, on, the, on the ceiling. And then on the floor, we're like, that feels really good. So like sweating like crazy. But I don't know what you see when you see these pictures. Because you're seeing insulation, you're seeing drywall, and you're seeing sanding and all that stuff. But I don't know if you see what I see. Because what I see is I see a lot of teenagers coming to Christ in this building. Like, I see a lot of people being changed. Like, I see people that had maybe the inclination to a suicide or didn't know what their purpose was, and they're finding real life and purpose in Jesus through the counseling that's about to happen. So I don't know if you know what I see. Like, the wise men saw something different. Like, you guys are planting some seeds yesterday. Amen. I mean, everybody's come in this place for years and years and years and years to come. It's going to impact it because you guys tore down something and built something and made a difference in this. And so can we give it up big one more time for everybody that helped out yesterday on Demo Day? Come on. It was incredible. Yeah, I mean, really, the goal of this is for hope to change our city, to revival and move across. And, uh, you know, it's just not a good thing when you see this. Like, it's not philanthropy. This is a God thing. This is something God is going to change people's lives. This is eternal reward. And so it's just so significant. And uh, I'm excited to get this thing going. We're, we're pretty much ready uh, to start building, put in framing and other things like that. So uh, we don't have any dates planned with the holiday season, but we'll be back once the new year starts with some sort of teams and stuff. But, uh, man, really, really excited. I don't know about you guys are ready to jump in and uh, celebrate Jesus this Christmas season. Come on. You guys ready? Man. Uh, this is all about, I know we had Elf up here earlier, but we're going to bring it back to Jesus. And um, I'm going to tell you, this is going to be a really, really fun series. Last week, we dove into a perspective. This is Nostalgic Christmas. So we're going back to the original Christmas. Look at the story from all different perspectives. And last week, we really dove in this perspective of the wise men. 
this perspective of getting in the presence of God. And hopefully this week was one of those weeks where you, you got to the, get into the presence of God. I had so many conversations with people who maybe haven't been in the presence of God and haven't felt that maybe ever. And some people said, I had in the past, but I want to get back there. And these wise men walked over a thousand miles to get just in the presence of Jesus. And the reality is we can miss this so often because we can experience Jesus here, but not experience him here in our hearts. Like we don't have the fullness of God on us. Matter of fact, Paul says it this way. He says, I want to know Jesus and the power of his resurrection. Like I don't want to just know Jesus on a Sunday morning. Like I just don't know Jesus when I open my Bible every once in a blue moon. I don't know Jesus just on Christmas and Easter. Like I don't know Jesus when I pray before the meal. I want to know the fullness of Jesus. Like the power of God in his life. Now, I don't know about you, but that's something we should all hunger for. So I want to encourage you, if you missed out last week, you didn't log in or in person, man, go back and listen to it. And I'm not saying, like, because I was preaching, it was on fire. Like, you need to listen to what God has for you to get in his presence. This is what this is all about, Emmanuel, God with us. And so today, we're going to dive into another perspective, the second perspective. And this is from Mary and Joseph. This is really a perspective of letting go of control. This is perspective of their life being changed with the, something they didn't expect it out of the ordinary. That wasn't their dream or their plan being shifted by God's sovereign plan. Now, I'm about you. I'd love to have, have you guys shout me down and have fun. We participate here at church. And so I said, no, if there's any controlling people in the house, I'd like to control things. Anybody like that? Put your hand up right now. Put, yeah, put your hands up. Somebody, I love that. Who screamed that yes? Todd, there it is, yeah. He is the commander. That is the thing, right? So, I love you, Todd. He recognized it, right? Now, some of you were tempted to raise your spouse's hand. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's them, right? All right? And, 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 and if you were tempted, man, God may be speaking to you today, right? Ooh, come on. Come on. He's like, burn. You're like, that was me. That was, wait. That was a trap. It's a trap, right? Man, but so easy for us to be that way, right, to want to control things around us. And so I want you to dive into the story. This is a story of Mary and Joseph. It's found in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. And Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. And look at her response, confused and disturbed. Look at your neighbor and say, confused and disturbed. Confused and disturbed. My, my Mary's trying to figure out, what in the world is this angel saying to me? Like, really, this, this isn't in my plan. And for some of us, we're confused today. Like, you're, you're in the season of wondering, what is God doing in my life? Like, how did it end up here? Like, I have no idea. Why is this happening to me? Some of you guys are in between jobs. You thought you'd never be there. Some of you guys may be disturbed in this season. You, you may be wondering, like, why I can't carry the weight that's on my shoulders? Like, I've been trying so hard, but I feel like I'm making it. Like, you might, you might be wondering, like, what's around the corner because I'm barely hanging on. You're really disturbed. Like, God, where are you in this season? And so Mary, she was confused and disturbed, and the angel came to her in verse 30 and said this. He said, do not be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. And he will be very great. Man, that is like the understatement, right? He'll be very great. He'll be called the son of the most high. Verse 34, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby to be born will be holy, and he'll be called the Son of God. Can you imagine how interesting it would be if Mary was like, I don't think so. 
We're not, I'm not down with this. I had a plan, angel boy. Like, this isn't for me. Like, I'm not going to be pregnant in my wedding. My gown's not going to fit. Come on, somebody. It's going to ruin all my wedding pictures. Like, this isn't the direction I wanted to have for my life. But instead, Mary, she had a totally different response. And one of the greatest moments of surrender in the Bible, in verse 38, she said this, I am whose servant? I am the, I'm the Lord's servant. Like, I'm in God's hands. She said, may everything you have said about me come true. Can you imagine that prayer, if we all had that prayer in our life today, that surrender? Like, I don't know what you're doing. I'm confused. I'm disturbed, but not my will, but your will be done. Like, I don't need the blueprint because I'm trusting you. Matter of fact, it says this in the ESV version. It says, then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord said, let it be according to to your word. Now, some of you are thinking this message is perfect today for my spouse. Come on, somebody. It's perfect for my mother in law. Come on, somebody. Right? You know what I'm talking about. You're like, this is, you're picking people out. And for you, you're like, man, I'm not, I'm not that controlling. I'm just aggressively helpful. Amen. I'm just pushing them a little around. I know exactly what they should be doing in this season. Now, some of you guys are wound so tight, you're making coffee nervous. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. Everything is like OCD, crazy like this, right? Like you're controlling everything in your life. Like your kids, like how they do their hair. I don't, you know when I dress the kids. Come on, somebody, right? Like what they wear, where they go, all this stuff. And there's a certain level that's really great, and there's a certain level that's absolutely crazy. You're trying to control their ACT score where they go to college, what they major in, who they marry. Come on, you act like this is like 1850 B.C., you know, putting these marriages together, right? Uh, You control uh, how many grandkids they have, come on, and when they have them. Your fertile window is ticking, tick-tock, tick-tock. The grandparents want the kids right now. Let's go, right? Like it's control everything around you. Now, we're not going to talk about your spouse, what they might be controlling, right? Driving in the car, come on, somebody. I mean, there's more. I heard that one. Amen, pastor. Husband, oh. All right, I'll tell you what. If you ever want to test your marriage, have your spouse give you a haircut. Come on, somebody. And I had to come, she cut my hair last night because you saw me yesterday look like a, like a mop, you know. And then she cut my hair. And I finally got to the point, she's doing her thing. And she's, I'm like, I've never seen me do that way before. She's like, I'm just doing the way I'm doing. I'm like, okay, cool, you know. And then finally I was like, I surrender. I literally told her that. I was preaching my message during, she cut my hair. It was hilarious. But um, how about the way your spouse chews, right? You ever, you ever notice that? Like, well, once you notice, you can never not notice. Come on, right? Stop chewing like that. You want to control that you. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Or they start finishing your, your sentence or saying something. I heard this story 50 times. Oh, I'm going to tell it again, right? That's how you know you've been together a long time. You're getting old. You know, they start finishing. You know what I'm talking about, right? And they say the older you get, the more you become like each other. So I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry, Diane. <laughs> she used to be a lot nicer. I'm just saying. All right, or the way they load the dishwasher. Who knows there's only one way to load the dishwasher? Come on. <laughs> there's a few of you, yeah, you know, it's like, do not ever do that, right? Or the way you vacuum the floor, it's got to be like perfect parallel lines. You know what I'm talking about? You can't have a crossover. You can have it perfectly put together. Who knows? You can honor God with how you vacuum. Come on. Praise God through whom all blessings flow. Come on, somebody. It's going to be exactly the way that you want it, right? That's so controlling. Or maybe you control your image. I mean, look at social media, and you're posting that best picture. It's like your best reel of your life. You get all filtered out. It's perfect. Hey, let's be real. You took that Christmas photo, and you sent it on a card this year. That was the three millionth try of that picture. Come on. Let's be real. You almost lost a kid in that picture. You almost murdered somebody. You almost got divorced. But blessings from my family. You know what I'm talking about, right? 
I mean, that's what it is. That's what we like to post and put out there, right? Now I'm preaching to myself today. I didn't get an amen. I got a, that's right. No, no, especially from the staff. No amen from the staff, right? I'm going to cut these people down to the Jelly Month Club. Like, just like that. Watch out. But I see this in my own life, right? The more I want to control, the more I'm afraid of losing control. And then the more I'm afraid of losing control, the more I want to control. And they come all about what I can do, my own power and strength and will. i got to carry the mantle of everything happening. i got to put the weight on my shoulders of everything happening at the church and my family. And you just carry it all, right? And so today I want to give you guys a principle. It's a really simple principle to know up here. And it's a very difficult principle to live out in your life. So you've got to be ready to fight for this. But this is really it's foundational to walking with God. So very simple thought, but very difficult thought. You don't always have the power to control, but you always have the power to surrender. You don't always have the power to control your finances. You don't have the power to control your relationships. You don't have the power to control your marriage. You don't have the power to control your health, but you always have the power to surrender to God. You always have the power to give it back to Jesus. Now, you may think, well, Mary, she had it so easy. She had an angel. Come on, right? Like, she has cathedrals, and she has all these things after it. She was the, the mother of God. Like, it must have been way, way, way easier for her, but that's not true. It's, it's complete opposite. Matter of fact, she would have been like 13 or 14 or 15 years old. That's what scholars believe about Mary's age. She was a normal teenager who had the same hopes and dreams as every single one of us. Every single little girl had the same dreams, right? One day that she would be married, but back in Bethlehem, there wasn't that many options, was there, right? There was no Snapchat. She didn't go to youth camp and get some boy's number and fall desperate, you know, fall in love and the whole story. No, no, no. She just had a few options. And so she was kind of selective because obviously she was following God. And so she asked a few things that every woman wants to find a man. A few things that are strong and handsome and charming. Come on, somebody. Those words are using me all the time. This person has a nice donkey. It's kind of upgraded. It's a little more reliable, a little newer. Come on, you know, right? Power something. I don't know what that'd be. Um, this person has a good job and a bright future. This is Some parent wrote this list. Uh, strong hands and, and a soft heart. Come on. I think of Dan Bray when I think about that. <laughs> it's kind of true. Close to his mama, but not a mama's boy. Come on. We do not want that. Mom doesn't come over and do my laundry, right? Um, bold yet humble. Uh, fit but not obsessed with his looks. That's tough. Decisive yet flexible. Big goals but easy going. That's tough. Uh, well groomed but not soft. And feel safe but a little dangerous. Come on, somebody, right? Like this, this is a little simple list, right? A man that loves chocolate covered strawberries. Long walks on the beach. The soothing sounds of Backstreet Boys. And Usher, come on, somebody. And most of all, loves God, loves her, and wants to raise God-fearing children. Just a simple list. And all the women said, amen. amen. And all the guys are like, whatever, right? Right. That was, that was a message for all the guys, but they weren't listening. That's good. But Mary had a dream, right? She wanted to meet Mr. Wright. She wanted this person to propose on the Bethlehem Bridge. She wanted to go in the Jerusalem Chapel and get married. She wanted to be absolutely perfect. They have two kids, Joey Jr. Come on, somebody. Little Joey Jr. And then they have Sophia, right? She had a plan. She, they're going to have a dog and not a cat. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know what I'm talking about, right? And they're going to watch Netflix and whatever happens after Netflix. That, well, I forgot out. Someone's going to go on. They had a dream. But then the angel appeared and said, no, 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 no. This, this is not the dream you had. I've got a different plan for you. Something that's unexpected. You're going to have a child. And she was disturbed and confused. Now, some of you guys had a plan. Some, some of you guys had a plan to have three kids. And then you had a bonus child. Come on, somebody. And you're confused. Hmm. How did this happen? Hmm. Some of you guys wanted three kids and you couldn't get pregnant. Some of you guys had the perfect job just a few weeks ago. Ends were being met. Things were going great, and your company downsized. Literally talked to a man this week. Contract change with the company. 
making maybe 10% of what he's making, barely making it through the holidays, and our church and other resources have helped this person. But some of you guys had a plan. Some of this is working really well. Some of you guys are going to have an empty seat this Christmas you've never had before. It's just confused and disturbed. And just like Mary, we don't know the end of the story. See, Mary had no idea what God was about to do from her surrendering to the will of God to have this kid. She had no idea that three decades later that this little boy that she would name Jesus would pick up his cross in his own power and strength and become the perfect, permanent sacrifice for the sins of all humanity. She had no idea that by carrying this person that one day Jesus would storm the gates of hell and rob the keys of our sin and our debt and raise victorious on the third day with our freedom in hand, amen? She had no idea when she said yes to this little, to this angel to have this little boy that it would change eternity for every one of us. She had no idea how the story would end. She had to make a choice. Was it going to be her plans or was it going to be God's purpose? Was it going to be her dreams or God's destiny? Was it going to be about her comfort and her control or was it going to be about God's call on her life? I love this. Even though she didn't understand the plan, she had no idea of how it was going to work out. She didn't need a blueprint. She simply said, I'm trusting you. Not my will, but yours be done. Let it be. Whatever words are spoken over me, just let them come to pass. Like, I'm going to follow your plan in my life. So I'm telling you, you don't have to have the power to control, but you, you always have the power to surrender. And if we're not careful, we can overestimate our own ability, right? We can overestimate what we can do in our own strength and vastly underestimate what God can do. If you're like me, like, I want to take back. Like, I can pull up my bootstraps. We can knock this out. We carry the weight on our own shoulders. We can fill our lives full of anxiety. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm worried. I don't know if this is going to work out. Like, I'm, I'm up at night. I can't sleep. I'm worried about the future. And we got to put this face on that we can do it. And we put all the weight on our own shoulders. And we keep trying to be somebody. We keep working at changing our lives. And can I encourage you today to simply stop trying? Stop trying. How about that for an American message? And start trusting. And start trusting. It's so easy to want to work your way to God and go back to doing it all yourself and overestimating our own amazing ability and saying, God, I'm trusting you and I'm laying it all on the line to make it happen. Matter of fact, it says this in Luke 17, 33. It says, whoever tries to keep their life who tries to be in control, who tries to own everything and plan all out and run their own system will eventually what? Will eventually lose it. If you're trying to be a self-made man and try being self-sufficient and doing your way, you one day will lose it. But whoever loses their life, whoever surrenders to God, will what? Will, will find it. I told you it's a hard message to receive. It's like, oh, it makes sense, but what am I supposed to do in my heart? It's like lay it to Jesus. But it's so hard to do that because, like, I've got a plan, I've got a dream, I've got a path, and this isn't what I had for my life. And we're like, God, where are you at? He's, like, right there working in your life. In other words, to fully follow Jesus means you have to surrender control to him. And I don't know about you, when's the last time you said, okay, God, like, you can have it. Like, I'm, it's not making sense, and it doesn't have to make sense. Like, I'm upset, but it's okay. I don't understand, but I trust you. So if we're not careful, we can overestimate our own ability. Matter of fact, uh, I think, I mean, for me growing up, it was all about self-sufficiency. 
Like, I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to take care of myself. We're going to have a big pool, a big house. We're going to be behind a gated community. I'm going to do all this stuff, and then I'll give to God. Come on, somebody, right? I'm going to be all self-sufficient. I'm going to be independent from God. And we can replace the self-sufficiency in, with, instead of being dependent on God. And we can overestimate our own ability and strength. But look what Mary did in Luke 138. She said, Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be according to your word. A lot of us, maybe the opposite, we'd say, let me be. I've got a plan. I've got a dream. I'm on a journey. Like, don't interruption. I don't want to have it this way. Instead, she said, hey, just let it be. Like, whatever you want from me, God. If you've spoken that word, then let that word come to life in me. Think about when you guys pray. How do you end the prayer? What's the last word of your prayer? Somebody help me out. Amen. You say amen. Some of you are like, huh? <laughs> I'm going to work on that. We get in the prayer, you say amen. And the way we pray is we pray to the Father. So we're, we're Father in heaven. We pray, we pray to the Father. And the only way to talk to the Father is, is the Holy Spirit inside of us through Jesus. And so we say in Jesus' name because what Jesus made a way. Matter of fact, the Bible says he's the only mediator between man and God is the man, Christ Jesus. And so I don't pray to Mary. We don't pray to anybody else. There's no patron saints. We pray through Jesus to God. So when you're, when you're praying, you've got three pieces of the Trinity. You're praying to the Father with the Holy Spirit, through the Son, talking to God. All three in one. Mind blown. Can't explain it. But that's how it works. And we say, in Jesus' name, amen. When you say the word amen, it literally translates to so let it be. It's a prayer of surrender. Every time you talk to God, it's about aligning your will with the will of God. Every time you pray a prayer, you're saying, okay, God, I don't understand all this. I need your help with this, but whatever you want, just let it be. It's not my will be done, but your will be done. It's not about what I want, but it's about you want. I'm just trusting you. And whatever you say over me, whatever words spoken over me, whatever you have for me, whether I understand it, whether it makes sense, whether I like it, just do it. Because I'm yours and I'm trusting you. And all the church said, amen. Because as we are, we're servants of God. So what are you trying to control today? Like what, what's weighing you down? Like what's stopping you from following God? Like what's, what's, what's keeping you comfortable? What's stopping you from taking a step? Like what's filling your heart with anxiety? What's got y'all worried and bent out of shape? Like what is it in this season? So you don't have the power to control any of that stuff, but you always have the power to surrender to God. Just say amen, just, just let it be God, just leave at his feet. Matter of fact, every Sunday, I think everybody who participates in anything in church gets a little nervous on something. And every prayer, every Sunday, say, God, just use this. Just use it. Just, I just concentrate to God. Just give it to God. And you, you start trusting God because you see him always be faithful. He never lets us down. And can I encourage you never to underestimate the faithfulness of God in your life? Think about the story with Mary. She's disturbed, she's confused, and she prays, and she trusts God. And, and over the time, eventually, God always shows himself faithful. Time and time and time again, this is how the story with Mary works out. It's a story for us today. Mary gets pregnant with, with, with Jesus, and, and she, she's wondering, like, how am I going to tell Joseph that I'm pregnant? This is going to go well. The Holy Spirit did it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, this is making no sense. And so God sends Gabriel, sends this archangel to Joseph, and he says, no, no, this is legit, Joseph. Like, this is from God. And God was faithful. God sent a messenger to Joseph to tell him, 
that this is from God and he was faithful. Think about when, when Mary, how these rumors spreading around Bethlehem and these people would sit in the salon shops and talk about how that Mary's donkey was parked outside Joseph's apartment. Like, I know what was going on. I had a feeling about her. And all these rumors are spreading. And then she gets confirmed by the Holy Spirit when she talks to Elizabeth about this prophecy about Jesus. And she has this hope inside of her that this is from God. Matter of fact, it's not too much later that here's John the Baptist in the womb of Elizabeth that jumps for joy in the presence of baby Jesus inside the womb of Mary and recognizes God's presence. Matter of fact, that's a little bit for next week because we're gonna talk about all the other people that recognize Jesus. But God is always faithful. His word will never fail. He's consistent. His promises never fall short. Think about Mary nine months into her pregnancy. Think about this. So there's no Holiday Inn Express. All right, there's no Red Roof Inn, there's no Best Western, they're all booked up. Come on, that's where Jesus would have been. All right, he's not ritzy, all right. But he, they're all booked up. And so God provides a stable. And she comes to the stable and gives birth and there's, there's shepherds. Matter of fact, it, was, it wasn't even ideal, it was just divine. It wasn't what we would have picked, but it's what God had for her. And next to all these animals, these shepherds show up to meet the great shepherd, amen? Because God came as a servant. He wasn't born in this life with anything, and he didn't carry anything. Matter of fact, I was real convicted during our generosity series because I recognize that my life is probably in the one or top 2% of the wealthiest people in the entire world. And Jesus was probably in the bottom one half of one half of one half of one half of 1%. That's convicting. You start thinking about what we do with what we have. And this is how Jesus came in the world, in a stall. If it was us, we might be born in a mansion. Come on, somebody, right? But Jesus picks a stall. Matter of fact, over time, these wise men show up. These guys travel a 1,000 miles to get to Jesus. He's not in the stall anymore, but he's a child. Sometime the first couple of years, these wise men hoof it over to get just in the presence of God. And they bring him a gift good enough for a prophet and a priest and a king. They lay him at the feet of Jesus. This is a story God chose. And God always made a way. Matter of fact, before he's two years old, there's this King Harry we talked about last week who's, who's really possessive and controlling, and he's worried about this king that's been born out of the Jews. And so he's gonna go take care of this. And so he sends some of his military to slay every boy under the age of two in the city of Bethlehem, to kill him and wipe off the map, trying to eliminate this Jesus. But God provides a way for, for the family, and Jesus, Joseph and Mary and Jesus and the family to escape to Egypt. God is always faithful. Come on, somebody. You can't control what you have in life, but you can always surrender to God. Not overestimate your own ability, but reliance on God. Man, fast forward just a few decades. Here's Jesus in the garden, and he's praying. Maybe the greatest picture of surrender in all the Bible. He is praying in the garden in anticipation of the suffering he's about to have. The Bible says that his blood was dripping, he's sweating from his brow. Like scientists would say that his blood vessels were so nervous and so full of anxiety and the stress about to come that blood burst in his forehead veins and was bleeding as he sweated from his brow. And he prayed this prayer. He said, Lord, if there's any other way to let this cup pass from me, if there's any other way that I can get out of the suffering, if there's another option besides the cross, now be the time. If there's any other way, God, bring it. But if not, not my will, not my will, not my will, 
or your will be done. And he picks up that cross and he carries it to the hill of Calvary for us. That's surrender. You think about on this hill of Calvary when Mary is staring into the face of Jesus, confused and disturbed again. Imagine the pain and the brokenness in her heart as she watches her son being tortured and killed. The Bible said that he wasn't even recognizable as a human on that cross. And Jesus could have called down 10,000 angels to give us all hemorrhoids. Come on. No, to wipe out humanity, right? He could call on 10,000 angels just to wipe humans off the map. Any moment, he's in control and could anything he wanted to do. But instead, he says these words. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He says, it's his final breath. He looks into the face of the Father and says, into my hands I commend my spirit. And he gave up the ghost and died. Now that doesn't look very successful. That doesn't look like it's very significant in that moment. Matter of fact, we never would have written the story this way. We've never written our story this way. But we didn't know and Mary didn't know is what God was doing. And Jesus went to that cross because he loved us. And he was in control, but he chose us. And so in that cross, when he died, he stormed the gates of hell. He robbed Satan of our freedom. He stole the keys. The Bible said he exchanged all of his righteousness for all of our wrongs. And he paid our sin debt and he set us free on that cross. And for those three days when he was gone, he was fighting for our freedom, which wasn't a big fight for Jesus, come on. And he resurrected from the dead on the third day with our freedom in hand and set us free. Can I just tell you today, you have no idea what God is gonna do in your life when you say yes to him. You have absolutely no idea what God is gonna do through you when you take your plans and you just rip them in half and you say, okay, God, whatever you want, your will be done. Like, I don't have all the answers. I'm confused. I don't understand what's going on, but God, just use my life. If we just spend so much less time trying to be in control and much more time trusting the one who's in control, I suggest to you that your greatest battles that you win are not the ones you fight, but the ones that God fights for you when you simply surrender to him. Because God's fighting for you, and God loves you. And we miss the call of God so often because we are looking down. So I'll ask again, what is it that's stopping you from surrendering to Jesus? What's the thing that's in front of you that's burdening your life? Like God gives us a backpack-sized boulder to carry, but some of you guys are carrying a boulder. You're carrying a huge burden today. What's stopping you from having the joy in your life? What's stopping you from having knowing peace today in your life? What's keeping your eyes off heaven? What's stopping you from following the call of God? What's stopping you from taking the step of faith? What's stopping you from walking out of the comfort zone into the trusting zone? Like what, what's stopping you from putting your full heart into this? Like what's making you scared? What's making you anxious? What's got you worried? What's keeping you from surrendering today? The Bible says if you give up your life, you will find it. And I believe today, even if you are a Christian, 
when you are willing to say, yes, God, I surrender to you, there is something that happens in your heart you cannot explain. There's a peace that goes beyond all understanding. Is a presence of God that's on your life, and that's what Christmas is all about. And so today, I don't know about you, I'm gonna be a type of church that surrendered to Jesus, amen? So I don't know if you're in this moment and you'd say, you know what, that's me. Like there's something in my life I wanna give to God. I'm not ashamed of that. I'm ready to be surrendered to him. And yes, people are looking around, but you know what? I'm confident today that God is calling me to lay my life down to him and surrender to him. If that's you, just raise your hand open to Jesus and say, that's me today. I'm surrendered to Jesus. Would anybody have that kind of call in their life to say, yes, that's me. Like I'm not gonna follow my own plans, my own path. That's me. Father, you see the hands. God, you know exactly what's going on in the hearts. God, you see the story being written before we know what's being written. And so God, we trust you today. God, we'll be caught saying the words at 13 and 14 and 15 years old in the rest of our life that's not about me. Just whatever you've spoken over me, just let it become true. Like, I don't want what I have for myself. I want you have for me. I don't miss the call of God in my life because I'm pursuing my own pleasures and my own stuff and my own life. I'm gonna pursue you and I'll point people to you. And we have no idea where this goes. But God, we trust you. And I pray, God, we look back in 20 or 15 or 30 years or five years and look back and say, God was all over this because I surrendered my life to him and I haven't looked back. I'm not going back to where I was. I'm going to where you, where you are today. And so, God, I pray that we would surrender to you. God, I pray the peace of God would invade our hearts. God, I pray we'd be changed from the inside out. God, I pray that we'd be full surrendered to you, God, not just knowing you, but knowing the power of your resurrection, that we have your full presence in our life today and that we live it out. We'd walk by faith and not by sight, which looks much different than our friends and our family and our culture. And you just do something inside of us, God, that only you can do. And I pray you'd move, God, through us. You'd do some, some movement of God in our life. God, the kingdom would advance because of us. God, that in our lifetime, we'd look back and say, God is all over this. I could never have done this on my own, but only through Jesus. And so, God, thank you for those who've surrendered today. I'm gonna pray for one more group of people. And that's those of you who say, you know what, I need to surrender to Jesus. I've been doing this life, my own power, my own strength, my own will, my own desires. It's been heavy, it's been hard. I've been carrying a burden. I've been stuck in addiction. I've been trying to figure out all the answers in the wrong places, but today I recognize that Jesus is the reason for this season, that Christmas is all about Jesus and I've missed it, but today I need Jesus. We've talked through the gospel that Jesus died for you, that he loved you, that he paid all of our wrongs on the cross for all of his rights. The Bible says whoever confesses with their mouth of the Lord Jesus and believe the heart that God raised him dead, you shall be saved. And so today, if you just need to say yes to Jesus, you just need to surrender to him, you just need to get him in your life, you want to lay down yourself and find Jesus. If that's you today, I want to lead you through a prayer. If that's you, I want you to pray this prayer and say, Father God, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. God, I've tried my own strength and my own ability and my own way, but today, I know for sure you died for me. So, God, you can have my life. I surrender to you. I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church. Lift it up for those who came to Christ. Give it glory to God. Man, let it be. Come on. Wow, what a, 
awesome word about the peace of God that comes in this holiday season. And today is the day that you made that decision that I need that peace of God in my life for the first time. We would love to connect with you and encourage you. And I have a couple of steps for you to do that. The first one is this. You can take out your phone. You can text RLNEXT to 97000. That is going to take you to a page on our website where you can connect with some resources to help you on your journey with Jesus. It's going to give you a place to share your story. And our staff and our team would love nothing more than to be able to reach out and encourage you on this journey. And if you're joining us in person at Kentucky Trail today, there is a table in the back with some red bags. In there is a Bible. It's our free gift to you and is another way to connect with some of those resources. So I hope you'll grab that today if you've made that decision to follow Jesus. I love that idea instead of having control that it's the peace of God that is so powerful in this Christmas season. When you know God, the Bible actually says that the peace of God surpasses all understanding. It doesn't make sense when we're trying to control, but we get that peace. And so I hope you've been challenged about having the peace of God, but I have a couple of steps I want to challenge you to help others know the Prince of Peace this holiday season. And the first one is this. We are continuing our Christmas Serve Outreach Adopt-A-Family, and we have a few more gifts left that you can still pick up if you didn't get one last week and you stop at our table on the way out of the worship center right here. Or if you're joining us online, we actually have a registration online that you can sign up for one of those gifts as well. But next Sunday, night on the 19th. We are also having a small team come together to assemble those gifts and to sort them out. So you can sign up to help in that way, but we also are going to need some families who want to sign up to deliver these gifts. We have all the contact info for our families and it would be very cool to see um, some people from real life be able to go out, deliver these gifts to the homes of these families, encourage them this holiday season. And so you can sign up for that as well on that same registration. So check that out if you're looking for a way to connect people to the love and hope of God this Christmas. And the next step is this. So many of you have been so generous in our heart for the house generosity this fall. It has been incredible. And not only that, so many of you showed up yesterday to give of your time and your talents to be able to start seeing hope become a reality in our community. And so let me encourage you that you can still be a part of that. Like Sean shared Um, We're going to start having serving teams um, just after the holidays, but it's not too late to be a part of the generosity of giving to Heart for the House to be able to see this Hope Center become a reality in our community. When you do that, you're helping to see the spiritual landscape of our city just like we do and asking that question, do you see what I see? Do you see what can happen in a space when God gets a hold of a life and when people receive those counseling resources, when young people come to Christ and when we're able to make a difference in the restoration of our community? So I'd love you to be a part of that. And there's three ways you can do that. You can go to reallifechurchkc.com. You can click give. You can text any amount to 84321. Or if you're here with us in person, we have a giving box in the back where you can drop cash or check if that's more convenient for you. And so I hope you've been praying about who you want to invite to our Christmas gatherings coming up on the 23rd and 24th. And maybe you're wondering, what could I expect at a real life Christmas gathering? And so I want you to check out this little piece of Christmas nostalgia to see what's coming up at our Christmas. Hey, Grandpa. Grandpa, you have to hit unmute. Where's our bells at? Dad, just hit accept all. Thank you, sweetheart. There we go. I just want to say a few words this Christmas. Make it quick, Dad. I'm ready to eat my hunger man dinner. (laughs) I will. I will, son. Aunt Sally is frozen. Aunt Sally, can you hear me? Aunt Sally, hey, when do you get Google down to the peculiar? 
Come on, Aunt Sally, are you there? It's our first Christmas miracle. <laughs> now, now, guys. We're all truly blessed to have each and every one of you here with us. And that includes Crazy Aunt Sally. And that's right, Pops. I want to thank all of you for being here. Not just our immediate family, but all of you this Christmas. That's how it should be. That's right, Dad. I know each of us, our lives are busy and things we do every day. I want to say thank you for being on Zoom to celebrate Christmas together. I know we're really going to miss being in person this year. That goes for the both of us. <laughs> oh man, aren't you excited for being on Zoom this year? I am. I tell you what, if we met in person, you know we'd have to host this thing. Your sister would never do it. My sister's house is a dump. <laughs> yeah, it is. Just think all the money we're saving this Christmas but not buying food. <laughs> this is the best Christmas ever. I miss having you all at my place. As I always say, the house is always happier when it's full. Get out of the bathroom. And I miss coming over here every Christmas too. I, you're always such gracious hosts. I sure hope I was never a nuisance. <laughs> never. Of course, this is our first Christmas with our soon-to-be son-in-law, Michael. And when you got engaged to my daughter, man, we're all smiling ear to ear. Why can't I marry him? <laughs> because you think he looks like a drug dealer. Yes! Welcome to the family, Michael. You are being so judgmental. You know, right we are. No offense, Michael. None taken. Now first there's Joel, stuck down at college. Man, so he doesn't have to quarantine. Man, what I wouldn't give to have my boy back home for just a few weeks. Me too, Dad. I am hitting source. That's channel, not source, Dad. The channel is the source. I showed you this yesterday. Just get your useless butt out of here. Just go, go. Son, get back in here. We sure miss having you home for Christmas. One of my favorite family traditions is when we would go to church and you kids would do something silly with all the kids in the program. Mom, don't remind us. I think you had more fun than we did. I still remember the year you two dressed up like sheep. And then I ended up being the main part of the program because I showed up at every practice in costume. Yeah. Well, I'd just like to say if you'll let me, you know, as you get older, it all goes quicker. We gotta cherish the time we have together, even if it's on Zoom. Now, can we wrap this up? Wheel of Fortune's about to start. Uh, anyways, hey, thank you all for being here. Seriously, it means the world to me that you gathered together oh, this year on Zoom. I know this year may be a little different and a little quieter at home. I know as a family, we're gonna miss being around each other, even though we get each other's nerves just a little bit. Christmas is about family, and I'm blessed to spend it with mine. Cheers. 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 That was great, Dad. Oh, well said, son. Yo, that was great, Dad.
dang it. Oh, oh, wait, honey, don't go. Everybody left me. Can you see me, Mary? Oh. Now that's a real life Christmas right there. <laughs> Talk about nostalgia. That was bringing back memories of my acting debut. Were you guys impressed? I know Dan was. That's why I'm clapping over here. Man, we always talk about giving us two Sundays where you invite your family and friends out. Next to you on your seat or right underneath, you might be sitting on There's a cards. Grab these. These are one. This is one of those Sundays. You saw this. You're going to have something awesome again this Christmas. You guys do not want to miss out. Christmas is one of those, uh, was one of those times you can invite somebody and they're almost always going to say yes. Let's get them connected here at Real Life. And more importantly, let's get it connected to God because there's a great purpose for, for them from Him. So can't wait to see you guys and your family and friends this Christmas. Hey, if you guys need prayer for any reason, we'll have a team member up here. We would love to pray with you. Can't wait to see you guys again next week at 9, 30, and 11. And as always, remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose.